this is Dean Carnassus, the Ultra Marathon Man, and you are listening to the Fitcast. Hello, welcome to the K-Silk and Fonz Fitcast. We- Fitcast? I thought we were doing Corona Casts. I was just going to say, we are doing an actual Fitcast now. We were doing our mini Corona Cast episodes, but an opportunity came up. And we couldn't resist. No, we have a superstar guest, and uh, we're going to do the normal format with actual interview questions and things like that. And that's awesome. But, listeners, we're going to still do our games and our mailbags, so don't get disappointed. We're still going to do that, right? Oh, yes. I am so excited. Awesome. You know what I'm excited about? What's that? I got my first sunburn of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Which in Chicago is something to be excited about because you never know if it's going to happen in like March or if it's going to happen in like the like, exactly. And it happened in May this year, beginning of May. So I'm really excited. I got my first sunburn, put some aloe on there. Ah, was it a biking sunburn? Is that like the tricep um, back, the back shoulders sunburn that we see so much in the triathlon world? So I have my, when I bike, I wear my sleeves. Okay. I protect you from the sun, but I missed a spot. And so I have like a teeny tiny little okay. patch. And then I went running and that was on my bike ride yesterday. And then this morning I went running and I was like, it's early enough. I don't need sunscreen. Oh it's yeah. Last words. I did need sunscreen. Oh, you know what? I would be sunburned right now. I'm not, I've got a tan because I'm Texas and all, but like, if it weren't for this damn yeah, coronavirus, yeah. all spring, like all April and May, when I do my Friday afternoon bat tour, not bat tours, my Friday afternoon kayaking tours during the daytime, it's all bachelorette parties. So I'm missing out on all these bachelorette party kayaking trips and getting paid to do it. And I'd be sunburned. Getting paid to day drink too, man. What a <laughs> day drink. Gee, let's go kayaking with a bunch of uh, a bunch of women and drink all day and get paid. Hmm. Can't do that because the damn coronavirus... Damn you, coronavirus. You should protest. You should protest the shutdowns because you want a day drink. Yeah, I would, but I just, I don't have one of those AR-15s that everybody brings, (laughs) everybody brings to these protests. I think that's a requirement. For some reason, I think you shoot the virus, right? Well, shooting is a sport, so we can put that on the face. All good. Ah, well, so, uh, well, what have you been up to? Um, I have been filling my time with a lot of fitness because... Hashtag fitness is not canceled, as we all know. So that's what I've been doing. I saw a Facebook post. You had a long run today? I had a, a not even a long run, but it took me a long time. To okay. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just tired and you lack the motivation. And so I'd like bribe myself. I'd be like, all right, when you're halfway done, you can stop at home and grab some water. And I stopped at home and I grabbed some water. And I went on Facebook and took a picture and, you know, okay. no, it's fine. I, I had probably, I ran the slowest, and I don't even know how far because I never track, I don't wear a watch, but I did about an hour and 40 minute run today. Wow, that's a long time. Well, so it was probably this, it might have been only like eight miles or something. I don't know because I don't track. But one, I, I had a bottle of wine during a Zoom drinking thing last night, of course. Um, and I was running trails, so yeah, hills and roots, and I almost fell a bunch of times, but, uh, that's a recipe for a, a nice slow run and I know where to be. <laughs> right? I know you don't have to get home and be on right. eating, So exactly. I was take like, oh, exactly. Take a shower, take a nap. 
Um, so, uh, so that's that. You're still training for your Ironman? I am training for my Ironman. It officially got, I think, postponed. They basically said it is postponed indefinitely. But oh. I am trained because this is a goal of mine. And anyone who knows me knows that if I set my mind to something, it happens. Um, so it might not happen for a while after it was supposed to, but still going to happen. And I mean, what do you have to lose? Like, what do you have to lose for training for something? You lose so much if you lose motivation and then stop training. Like, then you have to get back that momentum and you have to get back that fitness. So it's like, just keep going. I've always believed that it's, it's all about the training for me too. You set that goal and I had like weight goals and time goals and all that stuff. Not really time goals, sort of earlier on, but then like, I think I did seven of the 70.3, the half Ironman. Um, I only finished four of them, but like come race day, like it's all done. I'm just doing the race and that's fine. But exactly. 90, it's supposed 90... to be a victory lap. It's not supposed to be the hard part. Yeah. I love that. It's supposed to be a victory lap. It's that's true. So, uh, yeah, I had, uh, you know, a flat tire once I got injured once. And the other time I was just like, fuck it. It's, uh, it's too hot out here. So I'm going to bail on the run. I did the run in the swim or the run in the bike. And then I bailed on the run. You, you told that story during the FitCast, one of our first FitCast episodes. You're like, oh, there's a tree over there. That looks nice. <laughs> I'm going to go sit <laughs> under that tree and have a beer. The way you told of... it was very fond. Like, <laughs> like, oh, there's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> that looks a lot nicer than uh, running for two hours. So I'm just going to do that. was that. Steelhead too, right? No, it was uh, Racine. Oh, Racine. Oh, yeah, that's not a great run. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it's boring. It's a Whatever. boring run. I'm not going to lie. So, um, well, what have you been up to besides uh, uh yeah, minute runs and Zoom drinking games? Uh, that's it. I don't know what else there is to do. <laughs> Napping, you, you work oh, out a lot, you work you out a lot. I work out, I wake up, I've been waking up super early, like, I wake up at before 4 a.m., which is fine. Wow, yeah, it's fine because, like, then I take an hour to sort of caffeinate and have a banana so I can poop. And then I poop and I'm like, I'm just going to go out and run as long as I can run and then take a shower and have breakfast and go back to bed. And that's fine. And then it's like 9 a.m. I'm like, okay, now what? I already got my workout for the day and I feel great. Then you start drinking. Then well, <laughs> not quite at nine, but uh, uh, yeah, that's the first nap. Then I do whatever I do in the morning. Doesn't really, I play on the computer, watch. Ooh. Oh yeah. This is a banter item. I watched three movies yesterday as I was doing stuff. Two of them were Navy movies. Two of them were Tom Cruise movies. And the other one had Elizabeth Shue. So there's three hints and three different movies. Can you put that puzzle together and pick any of the movies? I cannot, but I bet some of our listeners can. Okay, well, email us. If we opinions can. about movies that email us. <laughs> we're getting there. Well, one of them's easy. It's a Navy Tom Cruise movie. That's the easy one. The other two uh, are a little trickier. But uh, all right, email us at kselkpondsfitcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what movies, what three movies I saw. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, no triathlons for me. Uh, that's sad because our guest on the FitCast today would really be able to help you out if that was one of your goals. Oh, yeah? Who's our guest? You're just throwing in the towel on that, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's nowhere to swim. I would like to introduce you to Fiona Carlon, who is a triathlon coach. I hear she's a pretty good coach, and you know how I know that? How's that? 
She's my coach. Whoa, there we go. Um, well, I've heard from a friend of a friend <laughs> that she's very good. So welcome, Fee. Thank you so much. Yes, we're very happy to have you on here today. Um, I don't know, off the bat, do you have any advice for Fonz? <laughs> he, he really needs help, Fee. He really needs help. I think he really, more than anything, he really needs to want to finish these races. <laughs> so <laughs> he does. You know, I think that's part of it. Um, that would be my, my advice. Just, you know. Maybe wear a watch and get a computer for my bike and all that stuff that's like, most yeah, <laughs> take your flight kit when, <laughs> so that you have that, you know, uh, incentive to finish the race if something was to go wrong, that sort of thing. That would that would be my initial reaction. <laughs> uh, you got him about 10 years too late because that was 10 years ago, Fonz. But... Oh, at least that, I'll tell you that. Uh, my first half Ironman was probably 2007. So, yeah. Years ago. Yeah, so by 2010 I was already mailing it in. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're beyond help is what I told you you're beyond help. So That's okay. I'm happy. I'm happy running an hour and 50 minutes just kind of wandering around in the woods for a while and then taking a shower and taking a nap. So All right. Awesome. Well, uh triathlon coaching. What's that like? That's is that your your full-time uh your full-time gig, Fiona? It is. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's fantastic. You know, it's, um, it's not what I've done my entire life. I used to work in legal marketing, um, which is, uh, well, this is totally going off track already, but, um, helping attorneys sell, um, sell themselves, I suppose. So I did that for many, many years and then, um, kind of just stumbled upon triathlon coaching, um, after I got into triathlon myself and, um, I've been doing it full-time for close to a year um, and a little bit longer than that part-time. So it's amazing. It's a people job um, more than anything. It's sort of just working with people and sort of combining their athletic goals, but also the mental psychological side of training. So I love it. It's, you know, it's, it's the perfect role for somebody who just likes to be with people all the time and talk all the time. So (laughs) I thoroughly... I thoroughly enjoy it. So. Which, which legal marketing is too, but more on yes. the boring side. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is more um, so um, enjoyable. Yes, yeah, that's fair. And just FYI, Fonz is a recovering attorney. Yep, yep. Oh, I see. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got the certificate and all that stuff. Actually, I don't anymore. It's all gone. But uh, uh-huh. that, was, that was my former life. That's so funny. I actually did go to law school with the intention of um, being an attorney, and I just couldn't. Good. Yeah, that's a good decision. <laughs> that's yeah. a wonderful, uh, wonderful exit. Kind of like me when I do a race. I'm like, you know what? I'm halfway done. We're good. Right. I just don't want this enough. I'm out. Yeah. Exactly. I'd rather, go, I'd rather go sit under that tree and drink beer instead of uh, going to class. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Well, you know, you followed your heart instead, and this is definitely something that fits you very well. And now that you're kind of describing it as a people job, I can totally see how that influences your coaching style because you're always checking in with your athletes and whether or not a workout goes as planned, you're always like figuring out where we're at mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and that's kind of how you you do things. So I think that's really cool, and I think you can definitely use your skills better. 
here then in the legal world. I don't know anything about the legal world. <laughs> Thank you. No, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I think some coaches don't necessarily value that, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's sort of critical to helping people um, reach their potential because everybody is just so different and some people are going to come out and just tell you how they feel and what's going on and some people just aren't. So you sort of have to sort of help that process, I think, um, and do a lot of listening and, yeah, it's a very rewarding, rewarding career for sure. Oh, definitely. Well, and you kind of skirted over a little bit. Sorry, I'm going back here. You say you did triathlon yourself, like you like did two races and then hung it up, but you are a former age group 70.3 champion. You are a how many time iron, iron woman, like you are a skilled triathlete. So I don't want you to just, you know, glaze over that being like, oh yeah, I did some triathlon and now I coach. Like you're very qualified to be doing this. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't done triathlon for as long as you might, as people might think. Um, not as long as Swans, for example. <laughs> um, I think I might've done my first half iron in 2015. Um, yeah, I obviously love racing. I, I've spent, it's been kind of an obsession for me. I think triathlon is almost like a religious cult in a way. The people that are in it are just like so in it. And so if you. That is so true. My friends are listening to this being like, okay, good. She's not the only one. No, no, no. We wake up and we think about it all day. And it's just like how we, I mean, there's probably some normal people who aren't like this, but many of us, including myself, are just really obsessed with it. So it's easy to get kind of in depth quite quickly. Um, the sky's the limit. <laughs> Okay, but how did you get started with it then? You just started five years ago. What was the catalyst for that? Yeah, um, so I, well, I was a swimmer to start with. Um, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I've been a swimmer my whole life. Swimming I'm outnumbered here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, swimming is my favorite. That's my, like, preferred long-term sport. Um, and then I started running in college um, just because I was gaining weight and, you know, just trying to be healthy, just drink a little bit less, that sort of thing. Um, and I started marathon running and then the Chicago try was on and I just kind of thought maybe I'm just going to have a go at this and see how I do. And you know, I didn't really train for it or anything like that. Um, I mean, I trained for the run and the swim, but I didn't train for a triathlon. Um, and then I just kind of, I felt so challenged on the bike that it just felt really interesting to me to like try and get better at this thing. Cause I just arrogantly, I think because of my background in swimming and running, I thought I would just pick it up quickly and I didn't. And, and that kind of kept me coming back. I just wanted to get to the point where I could ride and it wouldn't be like so horrible for me. I mean, I was doing, I remember doing age group nationals in Milwaukee, I think in 2014. I was there. You were there? <laughs> I didn't compete. I was there. I didn't compete, but uh, I had a bunch of family members do that one. Okay. Yeah. That was a great race. Um, but that was one of my first tries. And I remember being on the bike and like everyone is overtaking me, like people in the older age groups, just, you know, people with like, you know, everybody. Um, and I just thought, wow, I'm meant to be fit. And like, why am I not good at this? Why is this so hard for me? And it just drove me to like, do it more. Um, well, part of the problem there, and this is one of the frustrating things about being a swimmer, which we've talked about, is that if you swim so damn fast, you're ahead of all the people who are actually faster than you. 
and mm-hmm. they get you on the bike and it's hard to pass in the water because you're getting kicked and you're blah 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 and then you get in the bike and they're just like zooming right past you if you will yeah it's the entire field and you know sucks. i'm out and i'm like everyone in the entire field is now going to pass me that was mm-hmm. my <laughs> my initial like experience with triathlon it was so demoralizing but it was also just so fun and the thing with triathlon is you finish the race, even I would say if this is true, even in Ironman, feeling really healthy and accomplished and like you've, you know, you've done all this different stuff, whereas, you know, running is so like specific and if you don't get this pacing right, that like the race is over, you can't, it's hard to bring it back, you know, whereas in a long distance triathlon, there's just so much opportunity to make mistakes and then bring it back. And I think that's, the fun journey. I mean, most of the time when you race things, it's not a question of nothing going wrong. It's like things will go wrong. What are those things and what will you do like on the fly to turn it around? And that to me is very exciting about triathlon racing. And I just don't feel like that really, that situation really exists in um, the other endurance sports. I mean, probably ultra running, but yeah, that's just what I like about it. It's, It's that game that's there. That's a really good point. And it's funny that you mentioned that because as I'm starting my Ironman journey with my first Ironman, hopefully this year, um, that's what, that's the advice that people have told me is that, you know, in a sprint try, an Olympic try, even in a 70.3, if something goes wrong, yeah, it's wrong and it's bad and your race might be over, but in an Ironman, you can get two flats and right. <laughs> they'll cost you 15 minutes. And, right. Yeah. It it really doesn't matter. Like even 30 minutes in an Ironman, you can make that up, Um, which is, which is really cool because when you're, you're a coach working with athletes, it's a lot of that mental stuff that you can kind of ingrain into your athletes and be like, no, listen, if it goes wrong, you got to figure it out in practice. Now you got to figure it out in training because in the race, you got to put that to work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, part of like it just forces you to be independent and um, think on the fly and just be mature about situations going wrong I think like triathletes still often deal really well with adversity because of that yeah you get beat up even during training you're getting beat up in the water you're getting Mm -hmm. weird transition stuff happens technical problems on the bike Um, and you mentioned ultra running and I, I, I there's a lot of talk about like you know, who's tougher, an ultra runner or, or a triathlete? And everyone else is not even close, like all the other endurance sports. <laughs> They're not even included because nothing is like ultra yeah. running or triathlon. And there's so many weird things like ultra running. It's like, oh, shit, I have to poop again, right? Because <laughs> I've been running for 16 hours, right? So right. Weird stuff right. like that happens. And you have all the technical stuff in a try. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Plan in triathlon, you plan your bathroom breaks. It's like, oh man, I really gotta go. When do I go? Do I wait till transition? <laughs> um, all right, so it's so funny, like thinking of you as someone that's new to the sport, um, because you do have so much knowledge and you do have so much wisdom. And it, it sounds like the bike was kind of your biggest challenge going into it. Which discipline do you think you're your most? What's your strongest discipline? Do you think think it's swimming? Yeah, I think it's swimming. I think um, part of it has to do with um, being Australian in the US, I don't think has the same depth of swimming in triathlon. Um, I think that maybe if I was competing in Australia, I might not be doing quite so so well in that 
field, um, just because in Australia we really do everybody swims the way that um, it's just in a way that I, I haven't seen over here. I mean, it's just these beautiful pools in every town and you can just go and you don't need a membership. Whereas here, I mean, I remember training for my first Ironman. Well, actually it wasn't swim training because I couldn't believe I had to swim in a 25 yard pool <laughs> in a gym. Like I was like, what's the point of that? Like, why would I even do that? That was just crazy to me. Because it's like I was, 88 laps. Oh my God. Is it like a 50 yard pool, a 50 meter pool? Yeah. I mean, in Australia, that's just what we have. We have these. And outdoor, things. and outdoor probably too. Right. If I just swim in an indoor pool, I'd be like, oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> just, you would just, the, we were so spoiled with pools and swimming. And, and because it's the climate just is very, it makes swimming attractive. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, swim is always going to be my strongest just because I have so much base in it. Well, whenever you make it down to um, Austin, Texas, we got to get you swimming in Barton Springs pool, which is the yeah. best place on the planet to swim. You've heard of this. I have. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah that sounds my, amazing. That's I've never daily. been there. It's my daily. It's awesome. I love it so much. I, I was enough. thinking about Barton Springs today when I dipped into Lake Michigan to go test the water. <laughs> Barton Springs is 68, 69 degrees. I, you know? And I remember in February thinking Barton Springs is so cold. <laughs> and dipping into this water today, I'm like, where's Barton Springs? <laughs> it used to be so cold. Um, all right. Well, what are you currently working towards right now, Fiona? What are your goals? As, this is not canceled. Yeah. Do you mean me as an athlete? Or yes. Yes. yes uh, as an Sorry, we're we're still on the athlete. We're yeah, no, <laughs> no worries. That's a different um, paragraph. Yeah. I so I've had a rough couple of years of racing. To be honest, I I mean I got I had a really amazing year in 2017. It was a year I won the world championship in my age group and just everything. Wait, 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 wait. World championship? In my in my age group. You just throw that out there like, oh, just whatever. The year I won my world championship. (laughs) Where was that? Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that year was just everything just kept getting better and better and it was just amazing. And then um, the next year I sort of burnt myself out a little bit, which was just me just, I think, trying to aspire to pressure that, I set for myself from the year before. And then last year I um, had a stress fracture and was sort of missed the bulk of the season. So I'm really just trying to get on track. I mean, what's happening right now with, you know, COVID-19 and um, there not being a race season. Well, not saying there's not a race season, the, the race season being uh, delayed or, or yeah, what it is, <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um, for me, it hasn't been, the most terrible thing as an athlete, as a coach, I feel worse about it. Um, but for me, I just know that it doesn't matter. I mean, I've been derailed before and I'll be derailed again. <laughs> and this is just part of the process. And I've been through this so many times when, you know, I didn't sign up for races, for example, this year because I was injured last year and the year before I was burnt out. And so I, you know, I, I just want to spend the time getting on track and if I can race this year, that's fantastic. And, um, and if it's next year, then that's great. I'll be ready then. So I know that doesn't really answer any questions. I'm very process oriented as, <laughs> as you know, so I can appreciate I, that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not somebody who's like, Oh, you know, I want to do this. Like, I'm not like that. I'm just more, well, I need to be, 
get everything on track, you know, deal with things like, you know, why was I getting injured? Um, you know, and I'm doing things to prevent that. Um, you know, why did I get burnt out? How do I prevent that from happening again? How do I, you know, keep it all together and improve on, you know, get back to where I was and improve on that. And, um, that sort of thing. And for me, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be doing this sport, I think forever. So what's one year, like to me, that's just, it's just part of it. Um, I think if you're someone who just wants to do a race or, um, or whatever, that's, you know, that's, that's more difficult, but, you know, as a, as a coach, COVID is much more stressful for me. Um, because I just feel for everybody who's putting in work and, doesn't really make some app. Well, most athletes probably can't understand or can't see how well they're doing and they rely on races to give them that validation. Um, but I can see because it's easy to see things when it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, because yeah, I love point. All right. So I feel for people who are, you know, who are really wanting to race, um, we're really ready to race and are, are not getting that opportunity. But, well, especially you know. especially the people who are like, this is their first time doing a triathlon at all, or like Case Alkir, her first Ironman. Like it's mm-hmm. it's something like, you know, it's like, okay, this is my 38th triathlon, and guess what? It got postponed. You're like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna go out to brunch, right? And that's fine. But like the the newer the newer restaurants are closed, fun. You have to oh, do shit. brunch at home. Damn it. Not in Texas, man. Open up Texas. We opened up. I'm uh, a little disappointed. Can you go to brunch there? 25% capacity for restaurants. Wow. You know, I will have to say, and this is sidetracking, but when I was in Indiana today, it, yeah, things were open. Like, it was like nothing was shut down. And it's kind of scary because it's like, well, how come it, it went from like one to the other? How come there's no like fading in period? But Whatever. Yeah, yeah. We had the most confirmed cases in Texas this weekend, and oh, they opened up. Yeah, uh, that was a good time. A perfect, perfect okay. time to open up. Good, time. good times. <laughs> perfect timing. Anyhow, uh, back to tries and yeah, okay. our, our Anyways, wonderful yeah. guest. Fiona. Well, and I kind of wanna see. I kind of wanna like switch gears from the athletic you to the coaching you. And my first question is, is that how you feel? Like, do you have to switch from like being the athlete version of yourself to being the coach version of yourself or does it flow? That's a really great question, actually. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Um, And yes and no. So I would say that you help each other um, because I think when I started coaching, I kind of identified myself, things I was doing when I was an athlete that may have made it more difficult for my coach to understand what was going on or, you know, things like communication and, um, you know, following workouts, things like that. But I, I think now that I'm a coach, I kind of see more what it is that I'm looking for and I have that sort of understanding. Um, and so when I am an athlete, I kind of, even if it's just with myself, you know, I'm saying, okay, well, you know, you need to be reasonable about this or whatnot because I'm, I'm kind of using both things at once. But, um, you know, I think they're different because once you start coaching, like it or not, it does become a lot about your athletes. Um, and I, I do spend more time thinking about them than I do myself. It just becomes harder to think about yourself. So, yeah, I would say that since coaching, I'm, you know, I have more trouble coming up with goals or 
you know, I'm just like, oh, I'll just do whatever, like <laughs> whatever race I'm going to do that. That's fine. You know, what makes sense. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about myself because I get so into the other side of it. Um, and none of this is bad. It's not, it's just interesting. Um, you know, and I have a driven, I would say I have a driven team. Um, you know, all different coaches have different people, but most of the people on my team take take their sport really seriously. And so, um, you know, I think we have sort of a competitive culture and a lot of those things fit really well with how I am as an athlete as well. So there's definitely some things that line up. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know if I've answered that question very well. Well, and I have a follow-up question. I have a follow-up yeah. question on that. Um, would you consider yourself, so you're a coach, but you're also being coached. Are you, or at least you have it, like, are, would you, are you a good coachy or like student or whatever you want to this is something I thought about when I started coaching I because I really did think that I was an amazing person to be coached you know okay. uh, <laughs> why wouldn't I be you know we all think that I, I think yeah. that too and don't tell me if I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I have this fantasy world okay that, that was my second okay. thing is is k a good uh, a good person to be coached but anyhow back to you uh yeah. What do you think? Do you just blow off your coach's advice and be like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, but so I can only speak to the past on this really. Um, so when I was with my last coach, which was before I was an actual coach, uh, a coach yeah. you know, I would just decide for myself a lot of the time what I would do. So, <laughs> you know, a workout might say this and then I would just do something else. And um, there was no feedback system. So he would never know that I would never communicate that I, did anything else and you know and often I had a good reason for that but looking back on it I'm like wow that is like that wasn't helpful to me or to (laughs) them or you know if you want to do this yourself then you should coach yourself right (laughs) you shouldn't have somebody else and look where we're at (laughs) (laughs) that's why I went down that road because I realized that I was like not really following instructions at all and that's that is a hard thing for me I would say that is the hardest thing um that I deal with and it's even following my own instructions um because I've self-coached for quite a period of time um and just making myself do my workouts and I'll be like oh well today actually maybe I'll do x you know (laughs) um and so with my that's so funny because I'll be the same way I'll be like oh coach wants me to do 400s but I don't want to have that speed today so I'm just going to do a tempo run like <laughs> why would I do that why do you do that right and you know I I think I those sorts of things I definitely have picked up in myself now and if I think like I never have a problem if somebody says to me I actually like I question this workout or I don't understand why I'm doing it or I don't want to do this I don't have a problem hearing that um I think when I wasn't a coach I thought I couldn't ever say oh you know like question a workout because that would be offensive but I I'm not offended by that it's more worse if somebody's just going off and doing different stuff and not communicating it with me um so just le- seeing both sides is like a really positive thing um because it just like with every situation if you can just think about all the sides <laughs> it kind of helps um yeah, it just helps you have really good perspective. So, cool. Well, so it feels like to me, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, that you were you were an athlete, you were a strong athlete, and then you were kind of in this limbo period where you're coaching and an athlete, 
Now, what made you take the jump? I mean, and you're still an athlete now, but what made you kind of take that jump to, to being a coach from like coaching yourself to finding that identity? Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so it kind of happened to me totally by mistake. Um, I had been in legal marketing for maybe 10, 12 years and somebody asked me to coach them and she was actually really insistent about it. It was more than just an ask. She was just like, <laughs> I need you to do this. I want to break. Um, was, this, was this one of the attorneys? No, no, oh, it's okay. actually, it's my original, my very first athlete who I still, still work with. Um, okay. and she was very insistent about it. And I, just said, okay, I'm just going to take on this one person. Um, and then there was a bit of an opportunity in the Chicago market um, just due to some issues with a different team that had happened where people were looking to move on. And I just happened to be there at the right time. And so I ended up, you know, having maybe five or six people. Um, oh my gosh, that's a lot of efforts to just start out with though. Yeah, it was. And I was still you know, working my career and my other career and training and it was a lot. And then I had just started self-coaching at that time as well. So that's, I think when I got injured, I look back at that period and I'm like, you had so many things going on um, and you weren't thinking about yourself at all. And um, that's one of the reasons why I'm always so like, how do you feel? How do you feel? Like what's going on for you? What's happening in your, in your life? And it might seem like I'm being really nosy, but I just look at the mistakes I've made um, or when things have gone wrong and usually it is just that there's too much of of something going on and it's often not the training as such it's more just life has just gotten like well you're not thinking about yourself anymore um but anyway I digress there um but yeah and then I got to the point where I was just overwhelmed um I was sitting around like in white clothes late at night on the weekends trying to write workouts you know, around my other job. And I just decided, you know, I'm just going to have a go for this and I'm, I'm going to leave my full-time job and I'm just going to try. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And so I, um, I did that last June. Um, and it is the most amazing lifestyle change. Um, I must say, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was it. And then that gave me more ability to take on more people. And yeah, I started doing runners as well as, as well, as well as track leads. And it's just been wonderful. Well, as, as you say this, um, if you want, we have a lot, because Kesok and I come from triathlon backgrounds, we have a lot of triathlon uh, listeners. Um, if you're looking, do you want to uh, either uh, pimp one of your sponsors or let us know how we can get a hold of you if people are looking for coaching? Or do they just email yes. us or do you have a, your own uh, contact you yeah. want to share with everybody? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have an email address I can... Yeah, sure. Um, you know, give to you guys. That's probably the best. Yeah, and we'll we'll post it on the page too. If we get any emails before, then I'm on to you. But um, I will post your, your info on our Facebook page. Um, the the big you. thing I kind of want to talk to you about, and it's it's very pertinent for like the here and now, is and you kind of touched on it a little bit with races being canceled, with pools being closed. How do you adapt to that? Like as an athlete, like it sucked. Like I can't swim and I don't know what my next race is going to be. But as a coach, how do you, you have to change everything. Like how do you even deal with that? So, you know, I think for some coaches, it's probably more difficult than it is for me because I, I, I don't write 12 months in advance of training. Um, you know, I do everybody's training week by week no matter what. Um, and I, I do that because 
things inevitably change, um, whether it's somebody doesn't get through things or situations change and what you wrote down six weeks ago is no longer appropriate for that person. So I have a very loose like template of how I would progress training, but I actually do it all week by week. So I was able to adjust things real time in a way that maybe other coaches who have a different system, you know, may not have been. Um, but I think in terms of the adjustments, um, you know, it's just a matter of thinking about, well, what is the best thing for each person, which is different because we're all different. Um, and how can we get everybody doing something that will help them achieve their goals as well as possible, but also keep them in a good mental space in a time that is like stressful, um, in whatever way it's stressful. And because I coach, I have people who are in all different professions and, you know, some of them are in health. So they're, you know, they're going to jobs where they're feeling, you know, maybe a little bit threatened by the situation. And there are other people who've lost their jobs. There's people who um, haven't really materially been affected much at all um, other than, you know, this is affecting everybody, but they, they haven't lost anything or they're not in you know any sort of fear and those people might you know now just be working from home which gives them more time to train so for me it was really a matter of like going through each athlete and looking at how what stresses they're under now what sort of drive they have some people want to take a step back and other people want to like go all in still and either is fine and I think it just depends on the person and then you know what things can we make work for these people um, given what restrictions or whatever they're under, whether it's, you know, geographically, um, you know, I have an athlete in Spain who like was only allowed out of his apartment to run. I think this weekend he was for six weeks, you know, he was in his apartment and we were doing like run on the spot workouts until he got a treadmill because (laughs) this just sort of came down so quickly, but, um, it was kind of just thinking real time about what to do and to make things practical for people um wait so, back out back out here run on the spot like you just be running yeah. in place oh yeah she showed me one of the workouts it is literally running yeah i mean because the thing is we didn't know how long this was gonna last so you know some athletes you know might say well you know for two weeks this is fine but if it's not two weeks if it ends up being three months and you don't run for three months and then you want to do a race that might happen in October, then you have to start your running more or less from scratch. Wow. Um, so running on the spot might sound terrible, but if you're stuck in a tiny apartment, you, you, might, be surprised, <laughs> you might be surprised at how the time just passes um, and you keep that, like, muscular strength, um, you know, that weight-bearing type of, type of, um, you know, adaptation that we don't get from biking, for example. So yeah, I did a lot of creative, creative things in the deep, deep COVID period. We're kind of coming out of that now where most people are, um, at least able to run and bike and, um, we're starting with swimming, um, for for those that, that can, um, but yeah. And the other thing, sorry, just to go one more point on this, I think, you know, just recognizing that athletes are under stress if they are under stress and making adjustments there is really important. I've tried to be more flexible with things like if someone doesn't want to do their hard, if I see people, you know, someone's avoiding hard sessions a little bit, I'm, I'm just being a little bit less confrontational about that. 
um, just to understand that people are doing what they can for this period and, you know, tighten things up a little bit later. So I think, um, and that's not everybody, but people who might be just under a lot of stress already maybe don't need any extra stress because training stress and emotional stress are kind of, they all go into the same pool. Um, and you don't want to send anyone over the edge, make things harder. Like sports, this should be an outlet for people at all times. Um, but especially right now, I want it to be a healthy addition to their life, regardless of their goals. Um, that's one of the most most uh, poignant, beautiful uh, messages we've had on this FitCast in the history of the FitCast. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel so special. Thank it's you. beautiful, like because like you know a lot of people stress out about working out, and this is supposed to be a healthy thing to do. And if it turns into an mm-hmm. unhealthy thing to do, then what the hell are you doing? That's absolutely right, and that's all the time, not just now. It shouldn't be. Right. You know, I went down this path myself. I burnt myself out totally by just stressing far too much, trying to be a perfectionist. Um, you know, it doesn't, this is meant to make your life better at all times, never worse. So that should be, um, right. Goal number one, the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just really appreciate your, I'm going to call it a holistic approach to triathlon coaching because you do like you, you take into consideration the whole athlete, and, and what we're all going through and, and you make sure that it's personal because it, it, it should be, it should be personal. Like everyone has their own personal reason why they're doing this. And if you can't get at that, you, I feel like you can't be an effective coach if you don't know why someone is doing what they're doing. So right. I, I just really appreciate your philosophy. Oh, thank, thank you. And you know, I'm not, for everybody I think some people you know may not um you know for me I just think when I see people and and somebody has a weakness I just think usually it comes from fear or situation or it's not about so much the sport it's about like why the person is being held back by this thing and if you can get to that and crack through that, then everything else becomes possible. So, yeah, I really, I would say that if people ask me what my approach is, I say it's mental first. Like that is the first thing. It's mental, it's psychological, it's like figuring out the person and then it's training after that because different people just react and respond to different things. And if our brain isn't on board with what we're doing, if our emotions aren't on board, then nothing else really matters. (laughs) <laughs> you're not going to get there. Sorry. It's not going to get there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely, and clearly I'm on board with it because I hired you and there's a reason why we fit like, <laughs> right. and, and yeah, you're probably not going to please everybody. And that's a really great thing to kind of have in mind. But I think that's something that a lot of coaches miss is that kind of personal holistic aspect um and i know that as someone and all the fit cast listeners know like i've gone through injuries i've gone through a chronic illness um i'll still go through injuries and i'll still go through setbacks we're all going through these setbacks and overcoming that meant more than whatever my fitness was doing so getting that mental and emotional aspect is going to be more powerful than whatever workout we write absolutely yeah absolutely Um, definitely appreciate that and we will definitely pimp your page 
anything you want to leave us with? Any any advice? Anything you want to? Yeah, I mean, one just one thing I would say to anyone who is listening to this who is training, I would just say, unless you are so burnt out that you absolutely need a break net right now, um, just keep training because it it's only going to help. Um, you know, base is such an enormous mountain. And often I think as athletes, we think, oh, well, there's no point because I can't get an immediate reward in my immediate future, but we have to be beyond that. And so if you can just think more long-term and think, well, what can I do right now with my time, with my resources, with my situation so that I am in a good shape and ready to go for whenever this race season starts um, if it's racing that you you know that you're doing and just try to keep the faith and stay positive and stay healthy and, and in it because the road back is just so long um, and it, you know people who use this time smart and productively I think are going to be going to be in a much better place than people who decide well you know what's the point so yeah, keep this attitude Physically and mentally, because the like you said, the workout is supposed to be a relief. It's a relief valve, and uh, you can use that mentally if you're having mental uh, mental health issues as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Great, thank you. Yeah, definitely. So so wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I want to move into our. Before we get into our game, um, Fiona, do you want to uh, let our listeners know how to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best contact would be to email me. Uh, my email is Fiona at thirdcoasttry.com. Third is spelt like with a three. Um, and you can also get me on Instagram if you like. My handle is Life of Fit B. Um, I'm always on there. So. Wait, let's say that again just for our listeners. Life? Yeah. Um, so the email is Fiona at thirdcoasttry.com. Yep. Um, and my Instagram handle is life of fit fee. Life of fit fee. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you. And our listeners, uh, go ahead and, uh, email our coach Fiona or us at caseoutfoundsfitcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or our wonderful guest today, did I get that email right, partner? You're like 10 for 10. I was I'm probably 54 for 58 so we're, we're happy with that uh, but yes now that we've uh, gotten that Fiona thank you so much for being on we're gonna or being our interviewee we're gonna play a game now right Kesok what do you got yeah okay so this game Fiona was was present when I came up with what the theme was gonna be Uh-oh. because I don't think either of you know I think this was my little secret but I'm pretty sure we all have the same favorite wine Oh, interesting. So what do you think our fav- our shared favorite wine is, either one of you? New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Fiona's laughing. Is Am I right? Am I right? Spot <laughs> on. Well, of course. Like, I mean, if you're, drink- if you're drinking wine that doesn't originate in Marlboro, what the fuck are you doing, right? Like, okay. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. It is just so good. Once you drink that, it's just so hard to drink other wine. I mean, it's just so crisp and it is. clean. It's, it's, uh, it's a bouquet of flowers with a grapefruit on it. It is. Somebody asked me what it tastes like because they don't drink wine. I'm not a sommelier. I clearly shouldn't be. But I said, it tastes like gummy bears. 
I don't know what I feel. I feel like it tastes like a pure spring, like a waterfall that yes. is like blessed with like angel dust or something. It just has a Wow, special- I think we just found out a title to our FitCast today. <laughs> <laughs> a waterfall blessed with angel dust. I love it. Do you have a favorite label, Fiona? Just the $10, like, Nobello or whatever? <laughs> Pretty much. I love Kim Crawford. Yeah, um, it's $25 or whatever. And that's down to $16. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, yeah, the Nobello is really good. I mean, it really, any of the, you can buy cheap, like, a $10 bottle of New Zealand Savion Blanc, and they are good. I mean, I don't Any, think. Anything with the word bay in it, right? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oyster Bay. Oyster Bay. Oyster Bay, Cloudy Bay. Cloudy Bay. Bay. <laughs> okay, well, hang on, because some of this might come up in the game. So. Ma- Matwa. Matwa. Oh, I thought well, we all have the same favorite one. And I made sure, okay, we didn't choose our honeymoon based on the wine, because that would be really silly. But, I mean, it was a factor. It was a factor for when we chose to go to New Zealand for our honeymoon. So, <laughs> I made sure I took advantage. But, um, we're going to do New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc quiz for the game. <laughs> That's going to be our game. Okay. I hope you guys, know, and none of us are drinking Sauvignon Blanc. God, I'm not the only one. I was like, I should, oh, funds. What do you have there? <laughs> I got a good night ahead of <laughs> For our listeners who are not, uh. Look, watching the video, I just brought out two bottles of uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. And I have a third one that's a different label, but uh, that's okay. All right. Wow. Impressive. Well, <laughs> let's see who has the most knowledge and maybe the amount of wine drunk and the amount of knowledge, maybe that will correlate. Yeah, it may or may not match. It will negatively correlate. We will have to see. But this is a 10-question, multiple-choice quiz. And as always, Fiona, our guest, will go first. Okay. So the first question is, what grape-growing region in New Zealand is Sauvignon Blanc from? Oh, is God. Can I steal? Fox Bay, Central Otago, Auckland or Marlborough? Come on. Marlborough. Come on. I, okay, I started the amount of easy. That's, that's <laughs> I think you need choices. <laughs> yeah, and I'm giving choices because my quizzes have been too hard in the past. In fact, I won the other. We did it with um, Erica Ostrander. Yeah. Um, it was way too hard. But she got them, like, all right. And Fonz and I were like, we would not have gotten these. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Fonz, you want an easy question? Here's an easy question for you. All right. Which island in New Zealand is Marlborough on? The North Island or the South Island? The Marlborough region is at the very north end of the South Island, just north of the Waipara region. Waipara? Well, yes, it's it's (laughs) the South Island, so correct. The very northeast edge of the South Island is uh, Marlborough. Okay. All right, correct. So you each have one live love paddle point. That's how we right. quizzes and live love paddle points because yeah. they were one of our sponsors when they were open. Um, okay, what is the second most popular grape in New Zealand? Clearly, the first is Sauvignon Blanc. Um, is it a Pinot Noir, a Syrah, a Merlot, or a Pinot Grigio, Fiona? It's a Pinot, Pinot Noir. 
Pinot Noir. Wow, she knows her New Zealand wine. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Like, New Zealand is known for, like, their very mild flavors. And, like, Pinot Noir, I don't particularly like because mm. red, it's, like, a little too... I'm totally with you. I much prefer, like, a bigger red. Um, yeah, exactly. Me too. Yeah. Go big yeah. or go home. But with the whites, it's like, okay, no. Like, I want to just sit and drink the whole bottle. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is what I did last night, which slowed down my run this morning. But, uh, there you okay. go. All right. <laughs> this fake ass is sponsored by me. <laughs> okay. Billow. Um, okay, Fons. Which country is New Zealand's biggest wine export? The U.S., Australia, the U.K., or China? Wow, I do not know this, but our guest is an Aussie, and that's really close. Like, it's the closest one. What is it? China, U.S., Australia? U.K. U.K. It's not going to be the U.K. Um, I'm going to go with the United States of America. You are correct. Yay! We have a lot of people here. Guess which country is number two? Australia. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Like the true partiers they are. I know I'm stereotyping feed. Well, I'm I'm about I'm about I'm about actually the people on this uh Fitcast are about ten percent of the entire uh exports from New Zealand. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh okay. All right. Fee. Um, what color is the skin on a Sauvignon Blanc grape? White, red, green, or it is naturally a skinless grape? You know, I was more interested in the Sauvignon Blanc post becoming the wine. <laughs> the grape itself <laughs> is boring and shit <laughs> about the grape. <laughs> Did I guess with white? That is incorrect, Fun. I, I get to steal. I'm going to go with uh, so green or red. It, there's no such thing as a skinless grape because it would just fall apart and dry out. Um, I'm going to go with green. Oh, that is correct. Yes, green skin. And the skinless one was definitely the one I put in there to fool you guys. <laughs> I almost picked the sun. <laughs> How can you have a skinless grape? The sun would hit it, and it would dry out, and that'd be the end of the grape. It explains why it tastes like magical angel dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fun. I love this grape. Oh, man. I need some Sauvignon Blanc to go along with this. I know. I can't believe I didn't. I actually had some. I drank all mine last night as well. Sorry. Uh, I have one bottle left. I told you Costco has really good Sauvignon Blanc. I went shopping today, so I only have five bottles. Oh my god. <laughs> um, okay. Um, this one goes to Fonz. Okay. What does a Sauvignon Blanc what does Sauvignon Blanc mean in French? French Sauvignon Blanc. A white grape. B wild white. C Tasty wine, or D, nothing. It's named after the region. Oh, Sauvignon. So Blanc is white. We all know that. Um, so it's between B and D. Yeah, Blanc. Well, I was a Spanish major. I learned all my languages. Blanc 
Blanc de Blanc. There's a wine called Blanc de Blanc. Like, that's not the most redundant thing ever. But Sauvignon, is that a region? <sighs> what was B? Wait, what? B was wild white. Wild? Sauvignon doesn't seem like wild. All right, I'll just go with the D, the region. All right, that is not correct. Damn it, I'm going to lose. You can not steal. Not a Sauvignon region, but you fell for my trick. I know. So let's see if Fee can pick it up. Um, so your choices are white grape, wild white, or tasty wine. I'm going to go with the, the first one. <laughs> All right, white grape is incorrect. It's, it's B. Means wild white. It's B, wild. Okay. I learned that through my research. So Sauvignon means like wild or, or like growing freely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I will now know this. Yes. Yeah. So now should... that we know it is not named after a region, what region in France is the Sauvignon Blanc grape from? This is a region in France, like where the original grape was from. Um, fee, is it Provence? Bordeaux, Rhone, or Burgundy? Rhone. Rhone is a good guess, but it is in there are other very good white wines from Rhone. The That's what I was thinking. Very good. What do you think, Fons? All right, I'm going to need those answers again, and it doesn't really matter because, like, French <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc, like, what's the point? But go I, ahead. I, I completely agree. This question is, it's a throwout question. It's a throwaway question. That's fine. France, Bordeaux, or Burgundy? I don't care. I'll just take the third one. It doesn't matter. Okay. It is Bordeaux. So oh. now we all know. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Now we all know. That's really Marlboro. Exactly. Um, okay. Um, okay. In these, these are the fun questions. Oh. In what city in New Zealand did they sell? That's me. Have her favorite glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Oh. Was it first? Cable Bay Winery on Waikiki Island in Auckland? Waikiki Island in Auckland? Waikiki Island. Oh, okay. In Auckland. Was it, okay, so was it Auckland, Queenstown, Wellington, or Rotorua? Um, who goes first? You go first. All right, so I got a question. Like, I want to talk. Can I talk this through for a bit? Can talk it through. We've got all the time in the world. This can be a four-hour fitcast from Because, like, I understand, like, my favorite glass of wine might not have been the best glass of wine, but I was sitting on a beautiful terrace overlooking a waterfall with angel dust or whatever, and I'm like, this is the wine. It might not have been the best wine, but it might have been my favorite glass because of all the other things, because that's how your brain No, this is the only one I had twice. All right, so Auckland, Rotorua, Queenstown, or what? Auckland, Queenstown, Wellington, or Rotorua? Wellington, capital city. No, uh, although Wellington is oh, interesting. Um, I'm going to go with Rotorua. You would have put that in there if it wasn't um, if it wasn't your favorite. Um, no, that is not correct. Damn it, Wellington wasn't Wellington either. Oh. is the craft beer capital of New Zealand. Oh. We drank a lot of beer when we were there. My favorite Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand was from Cable Bay on Waikiki Island. And I thought I gave it away by giving the entire brewery name or the entire winery name, but that's okay. 
Nice. It was so good that I literally, I was like, no, I'll have it again. Like it was that good that I had wow. And normally I would be like, no, I'll try something different. We were sitting on a nice like terrace overlooking the water type deal. It was, okay, well, it was after like a six mile hike. So that's why it was. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like that's how wine works. <laughs> that's literally all we did in New Zealand was hike ride our bikes and drink Sauvignon Blanc. Like that was it. That was all we did. Perfect. Oh, I love this fit cast. No. Okay. Last question. Last question. This one goes to Fee first. How many different Sauvignon Blanc wines did I have when I went to New Zealand? This is different, independent from each other. So was it 10, 12, 15, or 23. Okay, and by independent, you mean different, different labels, types, not different labels. No, no different labels. types, yes. If okay. it was a glass of the same one, that one doesn't count. It was different yeah. types. Wow, either way, I would like to say that those choices, those scores are very high, and I think that's amazing. Um, <laughs> wow, I was going to say that's kind of low, so okay. <laughs> here we go. I yeah, I think 15. She oh, went, just like that. Oh, okay. Got it. She got more level of pedal points than you, Fonz. What was the final score? Uh, I don't know, but Fiona won. <laughs> I think we actually tied because you, you got one question right and... <laughs> Well, whatever, ties go to the guest. Ties That's go to the guest. That's that was a great game because that is an area that I'm passionate about. And yes. I just realized as well, I need to Dude, learn. No, you guys, I, for, I forgot a question. Oh, oh the tiebreaker tie question. And Fonz goes oh my first. Gosh. How did I do this? No, I forgot a question. Is that the question? How did you do this? Because you're. <laughs> I'm not drinking Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Here's the tiebreaker. Here we go. All right. What South American country is known for its Sauvignon Blanc production? Chile. I knew that. <laughs> Did you both know? Yeah, yeah. but I, it was to me first. I only know because wow. I go to the bridge and I look at the wines. Right, you're out, you're in the liquor store and you're like, where's our Sauvignon Blanc? And it's like, there's Chile. all New Zealand and there's stupid no. Chile ones sitting around. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to find in New Zealand and all these other ones are in my way. Right, exactly. <laughs> like California, Chile, what the fuck? Get the hell out of my way. Why are these here? This should be only New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a successful game. I think we all <laughs> Everybody, well, cheers. Ching, ching. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. That none of us are drinking something. Okay. Well, that was that was my. That um, was fun. What a great game. That was that was one of my favorite was, games. Yeah, that was really really good. I think you did so well coming up with the questions, and they were pretty challenging. Yeah, I would not have gotten the chili one. I'll tell you that I would have lost that question. I did. You, not. you don't spend enough time in the Sauvignon Blanc section of the. <laughs> Apparently. Well, it's competing with the craft beer because I'm I'm primarily a beer drinker and I wouldn't call myself a wine drinker except for the Petite Petite Syrah and Sauvignon Blanc. Fair enough. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our mailbag segment. And Fee, stick around because who knows what we're going to get in this mailbag. You might have some good advice through your experience and as a coach. So Exactly. So... Although I'm looking at our emails, a lot of them are very uh, fitness related, but that's okay. 
Who cares? Uh, do you want to read first or should I partner? Yeah, so um, this mailbag is brought to us by... New Hope Animal Rescue. Been super busy saving kitties and puppies. Thank you to New Hope for doing all that uh, wonderful work. Okay. Well, so this email says it's from Bill from Miami, but I have a feeling Tali, one of our former guests, had something to do with this. Yeah, probably. If you remember our last FitCast episode, the question was, what is the best sports movie? Yep. And I said Sandlot, and I was very adamant about that. Yep. Um, and so Bill from Miami responds saying, the Sandlot is the best sports movie, and then a bunch of question marks. And then he says, I think it's the best movie about sand. Wow, he does not categorize it as a sports movie. Yeah, and that's really rude. And Tali, whoever Bill is, I think you should keep him under control. Yeah, and Tali, fuck off. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> hey, you get snarky with us? We, we have some snark on this end. Okay, I'm sorry, but Sandlot is such a good movie. And yes, it's a sports movie. They play baseball the whole time. I, I hear you. Um, feed to the question from last week and this week. What is your criteria for a sports movie and what is the best sports movie of all time? Double question to our guest. Yeah. That's, oh that's tough. You just shoot a lot at her. So unprepared for this question. Yeah, seriously. Um, what is the best, best sports movie of all time? Gosh, I'd probably say given I haven't watched that many, The Mighty Ducks, because I was always made to watch that on every bus that we ever went on. That was in the running. We discussed it. It is the best hockey movie, at least. Right, Fun? No, no. It's not the best (laughs) hockey movie. Strange Brew is the best hockey movie. Whatever. You're outnumbered here. Um, No, Mighty Ducks is a good good answer, but... uh, It's a classic, you know. Of course, of course. I think it, it couldn't be anything that's created recently because I don't think movies have that same, you know, you know, I don't know, production element that they used to have. Yeah. So, yeah. What was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like what, what's, uh, what qualifies for a sports movie? Like mm-hmm. is there sports being played or does it have mm-hmm. to be, does a sport have to be a character, quote unquote, in the movie? Like, Right. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. I think, I think that's why The Mighty Ducks is good because it's just – fictitious but like the issues i mean presumably and but like the issues are kind of can anyone can relate to them um whereas like something that's a true story i don't know that's really it's not a movie that's a documentary so well even like like four minutes is a documentary if you've seen four minutes or breaking away is a movie but it's like the whole movie is a sport like what oh breaking away is such a good movie i forgot about that movie i haven't watched that i need to watch i don't watch a lot of movies i need to work on that breaking away is a cycling movie it's good oh okay yeah you'd like that one Mm -hmm. yeah it's good there aren't a lot of swimming movies are there I don't think so. I don't think it really oh. translates well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The footage just sucks. <laughs> this is really boring, and today we're swimming again. There is, there was a Although there'd be a lot of skin. We're swimming. It's 6 p.m. We're swimming. You know I think what it would have, have drama in it. You know, it would have to be, like, about people dating and, like... Well, and it'd be, and, like, kind of, like... You'd, you'd appeal to like the sex appeal because everyone's basically naked. So that would mm-hmm. like 
that would increase drum up a little uh, interest. Yeah, that's what, that you would have to have that because otherwise I would not be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Fonz? You haven't put on the core in fifteen. Thirty years ago, thirty years ago, I may have uh, qualified to be in that movie, but uh, no longer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, awesome. All right. Well, those are fighting words from Bill. So thanks. No thanks, Bill. Just kidding. Thanks for joining. Well, and this is another one related. George in Chicago, Illinois. Do you guys know George? I think so. All right. I think so. Um, I think I might know who that is. I just rewatched Hitch, a silly but decent movie that entertained me in quarantine. Who knew it was a basketball movie since one scene was at a basketball game? Thanks for setting me straight. No, 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 no. No. Let me go here. No, just because one scene is at a sports game does not mean that it's a sports movie. Is sports a theme of the movie? Kind of like what you were saying, is it a character? A character, right. Like It doesn't have to be a character either. It can be the setting of the movie too. Field of Dreams... Was this sport a character? No, but that's a sports movie because it was about a baseball team. Mm. Or was it about a baseball field, if you will? Well, the field, maybe the field <laughs> was a character. There you go. Fiona, what do you think? How, how deep do you have to get into this sports? Well, I was just thinking, because when you mentioned that, I was thinking about like Navarra Chia and, and then like Bring It On, for yeah. example. And I bring it on as in a sports movie, but maybe it is. This Sorry. is what we talked about last week. Fiona is my like <laughs> spirit animal person. Like I brought up Bring It On Three as my favorite sports movie of all time. Even it's though a great really... movie. It's a I great know. movie, but is it sports? Maybe sure. I, like it's sporty enough. I mean, I think you know. I think if there's a sport that's played and that's a predominant part of the movie then it's a sports movie. It just needs to be a predominant part of the movie. Okay, Salk, have you seen the documentary Cheer? Did we talk about this before? Yes. You have? Mm-hmm. Yes. You have a favorite character? Of course, everybody does. It's what's his name? Um, I, you know, I can't even remember off the top of my head right now. Uh, Fiona, what's the guy's mm-hmm. name that everybody loves on Cheer? Oh, um... Uh, he almost got cut, but he didn't. He's not the athlete. He doesn't make Matt. He never makes Matt. I feel so oh. bad. Uh, oh, gosh. we're going to get some nasty emails next week, but that's okay. I know, yeah. All I right. feel like him. I think that's a brutal, brutal... I just let the guy be on the mat. I actually think about that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfortunate. He wants to be on the mat so bad, and like then he misses... I don't know. And he's a true leader. He is a true leader of the team. He's just, you know. Yeah, he is. He's just not as athletic as the rest of the team. Right. All right. We'll uh, we'll come up with that. All right. Well, our mailbag segment, definitely not what I expected, but I think (laughs) we need more opinionated things to get emails because we got (laughs) We got even more emails about that than we didn't read, so. Yeah, all right. Well, awesome mailbag. Uh, Move on to our next segment. Yeah, let's move on to our favorite things. These are a few of our favorite favorite things. things. We're getting better at that or worse, whichever. Um, But our favorite things segment is brought to us by Goodspeed Cycles. Um, If you need a new bike 
for this summer because I sunburn and I will tell you it is definitely cycling weather. Yep. Um, check out Goodspeed Cycles, go to their website um, or check out their store in Homewood. Uh, definitely an awesome sponsor to have and an awesome company to have in our corner. So thanks, Goodspeed. And our favorite things, I will start out. Um, so I recently checked my mailbox. I actually don't do that every day anymore, which is yep. really sad because you think I would look forward to the mail and that we're not doing anything. But I just checked my front porch and I had a wonderful delivery from a wonderful company called Bitter Pops. They are oh, the brewery. Chicago. The brewery. They're a shop and they sponsor a lot of, they uh, partner with a lot of breweries. And they sent me my Bitter Pops growler that I won on one of their Instagram contests. Oh, that's fantastic. Favorite thing because I would go there. They were about a half a mile from my apartment when I lived in the city. And I would go there at like three o'clock in the afternoon before all the real drunk people got there. And I would study when I was in school. I would like type out my papers and I would like just drink. And then by the time five o'clock rolled around and people would start showing up, I would be out of there. I'd be like, I'm good. I'm half in the bag and my paper's done. So. <laughs> oh, what a great way to spend an afternoon. And yeah. uh, they sent you something? Yeah, they sent me a really cool growler it's like their their symbol is a white star on red and like a chicago flag. Um, ceramic growler so that is my favorite thing and i was so happy to receive that today it was such a wonderful surprise during this quarantine oh very nice now you got to get that filled where are you going to get that filled that's a, i mean that's the question we should have people email us in saying where i should get it filled because breweries are an essential business if you didn't know yeah, I yeah, that's wonderful. Well, get it cleaned out and uh, yeah, get that thing filled. What about that? Isn't there one in Homewood? Don't you have a? a we have Rabbit Brewery in Homewood. They are not filling growlers, but um, we do get beer delivery from them every Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> every Tuesday. What a and, great. And Fiona, thing. those are the ones I save for our team <laughs> chats. It's like a giant crawler of beer. It's 32 ounces of beer. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and talk to fit people while I get fat. I probably burned way more calories than I'm consuming at this point. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's just funny. Like, I'm like, yep, let me just drink my hazy IPA while y'all talk about running. No. Most people are drinking on the Zoom. Yes, yeah, so we, are, we are all drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I have my favorite thing, but uh, Fee, if you do, you know what yours is, or do you want to think about it a little yep. longer? No, I'm good. I, right. So my thing isn't actually a thing. What's well, not a tangible thing? That's but fair. It's my favorite thing right now, and it is this warm weather because oh, yes. I feel like it's helping a lot with the situation that's going on. Just to be able to like, like go outside, like go on a long ride, go like, get somewhere very far outdoors alone and just like be distracted rather than being I think in this in the country like the warm sorry the cold country that we're in just dealing with this in March when that's the Australian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is in Texas so oh true all right <laughs> but this winter is so darn long you know you just uh, it's such a long time and then you add like something bad but just being able to just be outside. It's just unreal. So I'm going to say warm weather. It's my favorite thing. 
Wow, oh, that's yes. that is that is great. And yeah. I my my favorite thing is actually related on a cool night um, because it's pretty <laughs> cool. It's pretty cool today. Um, just before the Fitcast started programming, I switched out from my daytime pajamas to my evening pajamas, which is what you do around uh, five six o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I put my pajamas in the dryer for ten minutes. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, warmed them up. Warm evening pajamas is my favorite thing, and it is wonderful. It feels that's so a, good. That's a great idea. Great yeah. idea. It's not even doing it. It take ten minutes. Just put them in there for like a couple minutes, and it's it's a big difference. Yeah. So yeah, I should do that before we go running in winter. Yeah. Put yeah. Put, in the dryer. Oh my god! Why did I never think of that? That's such a good idea. Yeah. Great idea. Can I do that with my wetsuit before I go into it? <laughs> <laughs> wetsuit. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work that way. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's just going to make it worse when you get in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was used to the warm. Actually, when I drove to the lake today to go check it out um, to see if it was warm enough to go in, I had my seat heater on in my car and I'm like, this is either a wonderful idea or a terrible idea because I'm going to go in there and it's going to be a shock. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I rode my bike there um, and I knew it was a little colder than yesterday, but I just didn't want to really face that. I was like, you're just going to go, you're going to ride your bike and you're going to ride your, your bike home. And it started to get cooler in the afternoon and I'm wet and I'm riding and there's a little bit of wind and just, oh, not good. But anyway, it is what it is. All right. Hans, where did you go? He's, fill, he's refilling. Fons, what are, what are you drinking over there? I am drink. Oh yeah, I am drinking a spotted cow. Beautiful New Glarus. Wow! Beer. I don't know how you got your hands on one of those. Yeah, very tasty. That sounds very refreshing. Yep, I love it. So, um, not my favorite thing. My favorite thing is warm pajamas, but uh, yeah, I love it. So, <laughs> a close second. I, we learned so much on our on our segments today and in our interview. I think. Uh, this one of the, it's good to get back to a fit cast instead of the, the brief Corona casts. I know, you know, I've missed it, but I've really enjoyed just catching up with Fiona and getting to talk to her about something other than my own workouts because that's <laughs> really boring. Um, <laughs> it's not boring. I love talking about that. Well, thank well, you. You're definitely awesome. in the right career then. <laughs> I can I talk love- about my own workouts for hours. But no, this was really great. And I am looking forward to, so for all you triathlon folks, I'm starting a new build on Monday. So I am very excited about that. I'm going into it on on pretty tired legs with the century ride and a run today, but excited to start a new build and make some new progress. So that's what I've got coming up this week. Funs, what about you? Uh, nothing. I'll probably go for some long runs. Tomorrow I'm going to be editing the FitCast. That's pretty much it. Although our listeners... It'll be yesterday. I, I don't know how this technology time shifting thing works, but uh, no, I'll be doing long runs. I'll be uh, I'll be playing some disc golf, and uh, that's that's all you can do in quarantine. I know. I hear you, Fiona. What does your week coming up look like? It's always the same. It's uh, swim, bike, run. Swimming is new, so that's very exciting. Bike run, coaching. Uh, cooking. I've been cooking a lot at home since um, quarantine, which I worked from home before. So, um, but for whatever reason, I think everybody else being at home just makes even, even though it hasn't really changed my 
job. It just makes everything a little bit slower because the world is slower. So I'm making really fun lunches every day, which is just something that gives me something to do. So <laughs> I'll be planning great menus, <laughs> eating, training. That's it. That is amazing. Well, cheers to eating, training, and good meals. Fonz, are you going to make yourself some fancy meals this week? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I wasn't allowed if I was allowed to swear. <laughs>